I think as Christians, we can't turn a blind eye, can we, when people are suffering. We're called to be people who love our neighbours. Love does no harm to a neighbour, but yet we know the systems and the structures that we live in cause so much harm. And so what does love in action look like when we live in a world that causes so much harm? It has to include speaking out and challenging and calling for something different. Welcome to Renew Our World podcast. Renew Our World is a global movement of Christians who believe in helping one another, calling for justice and caring for creation. Join us this season as we'll be discussing the latest in climate news, chatting with theologians, activists, and some of our incredible members and friends working on the ground. I am your host, Jessica Wally. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Renew Our World podcast. And today I'm so thrilled. I'm joined by somebody who is so passionate uh, with what he does. And uh, I'm sure this is a name that uh, most of us may have come across, especially when it comes to uh, one of the campaigns that is currently running in Tier Fund. So I'll be able to get to that. And uh, I'm he's joining me online. So we'll be able to have uh, a conversation around what he does, around the uh, the campaign that I've just talked about. He'll be able to just let us in on and also just uh, to look at uh, his uh, journey in Tier Fund as well. My name is Jessica Boyle. And uh, today I'm joined by Jack Wakefield, who is the Senior Campaigns Advisor for Plastic and Waste, that's uh, for Tier Fund. Jack, welcome to the podcast and thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Jessica. It's great to be with you. Thank you so much, Jack. Jack, first, first things first, maybe let us in a little bit on uh, who you are, how do you describe Jack and uh, your journey in Tier Fund. How do you describe Jack? That is a good question. Um, well, I live in the UK, um, about as far from the sea as you can get on this little island, um, right in the middle. And um, I am a dad of a little girl who is almost one. And um, I work at Tear Fund as a campaigner. I've been at Tear Fund a little while now. Um, and yeah, how would I describe Jack? I guess someone who is passionate about Jesus and justice and um, caring for God's wonderful creation. Amazing. You know what What I like, Jack? You've picked up a word that I actually mentioned in my introduction. That's the word passionate. So that will actually uh, take me to my next question. We, I'm sure lots of people right now have been coming across the rubbish campaign uh, on different social medias, uh, in different, uh, you know, um, conversations that we've been hearing about the rubbish campaign. And I would like us uh, that you just let us in on what the rubbish campaign is all about what was the inspiration behind it how did it get here and uh maybe what uh it looks like right now yeah sure so the rubbish campaign is a joint global campaign in like 15 countries or so um across like six different continents 
where lots of Christians are joining together to call for a global solution to plastic pollution. Um, and the Rubbish Campaign started back in um, 2019, so quite a while ago. Um, and then this part of it launched earlier this year um, in the UK. It got going in Brazil at the end of last year and it's just launched in Australia and um, is spreading at the moment. Um, and so, yeah, together we're calling for governments and companies to commit to a global plan that will deal with the huge plastic pollution crisis. Um, and that's the big picture of it. Um, but I guess there's another part as well, which is trying to encourage the church to engage with the kind of issues of consumerism and justice and thinking about how do we engage with a world that's so driven by consumption and waste and disposing of stuff? Um, and what does it look like to be Christians in that space or to worship God um, who loves this creation? How can we play our part in that? And what's our kind of prophetic call as the church? So I guess that's another part of the campaign as well. Um, when was the campaign launched in Tier Fund and uh, after the launch of the uh, rubbish campaign, uh, what has been done, uh, which spaces have actually uh, had this conversation about the rubbish campaign and also the long term uh, goal, where are we looking at the rubbish campaign going uh, from this point? Yeah, sure. So the rubbish campaign was kind of born out of our work on the circular economy and thinking about how we use resources well. And we saw an opportunity to influence some of the big plastic polluting companies. Um, so back in 2019, when we launched, um, we were targeting Coke and Pepsi and Nestle and Unilever, calling on them to deal with their plastic pollution and to um, take seriously this huge issue that's being created by their products and how their the waste isn't being managed well. Um, and we saw some like big impacts from that. There were thousands of people who were emailing and contacting the companies. There were um, people sending messages in plastic bottles back to the companies, calling on them to act. And we saw all four of the companies we were targeting uh, start to make changes, making commitments to reduce how much plastic they produce or to collect as much as they make so that they support recycling and uh, waste management. Um, so that was really encouraging. And then um, this stage of the campaign, we shift our, shifted our focus. And together, the end goal, I guess, is to see a plastics treaty agreed. So a global agreement with nearly 200 governments um, which has clear plans for how we deal with plastics globally. So we really want to see this global treaty um, have strong guidance on reducing how much plastic is made, um, on supporting waste management and scaling that up around the world, properly including waste pickers in that process and supporting them and their work. Um, and then also making sure that the treaty is strong enough that it does hold companies and governments accountable we really want to make sure this isn't just words, but is something that uh, brings real change and can hold uh, both governments and companies accountable for action. Yeah. You know, uh, Jack, mentioning about holding uh, government and companies accountable, um, I think many in many places or in different parts of the world, we've seen just how plastic pollution uh you know has uh uh damaged made so much damage 
and also uh, people or, or the culprits uh, failing to take, um, not owning up or taking responsibility to see how they can try and rectify all the damages that have actually been made or even just do away uh, with whatever activities that they are doing in order to, to just, uh, you know, uh, cut completely on plastic pollutions. Uh, this goes back to the issues of, of, of justice. Uh, you are a campaigner for a Christian organization. How are you seeking justice or using your position to seek justice for people that are in positions where they are on the receiving end of uh, plastic pollution, for example? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think when people talk about plastic pollution, they often, um, especially in richer countries, their association with plastic pollution is usually with like fish and the oceans. But this is such a big justice issue. And that's a really important part of this campaign and what we're trying to communicate to the church that speaking up on this is an issue of justice. Around the world, there are two billion people who have no access to any waste management. Um, and in low income countries, about 93% of all the rubbish is burnt or discarded in roads or waterways. Um, because there's no safe way to get rid of it. And all of that is leading to sickness and diseases, um, and the burning of waste is releasing harmful chemicals, um, causing cancers or respiratory issues. Um, and as a result of all of this uh, mismanaged waste, there's up to a million people dying every year, um, which is one person every 30 seconds. So this is a huge justice issue. It's an issue of life and death. We were protesting outside the UK Parliament buildings at the launch of the UK campaign um, with um, big banners that said plastic pollution kills to try and remind the government that this is an issue of life and death. And there were waste pickers and refugees on a dump site in Brazil at the border with Venezuela and Brazil who um, actually made a message out of all of the dumped plastic there that said plastic kills that you could see from the sky um, because together we're trying to remind people that this is a huge justice issue. It's a matter of life and death for some of the poorest people in the world. And the big polluting companies know this. They know that they're making all of this plastic and that so many people have no safe way to deal with it. And so we're we're trying to say this is a huge issue of justice. And I think as Christians, we can't turn a blind eye, can we, when people are suffering? We're called to be people who love our neighbours and there's a verse in Romans when Paul reminds people of Jesus' um, core teaching, because Jesus sums up the law, doesn't he? Is love your neighbour um, and love your God. And, and Paul is reminding the church in Romans, he says, all of the law can be summed up as love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength, and then love your neighbour as yourself. And love does no harm to a neighbour. And that's a big challenge for us as we think about how we engage with this issue. Love does no harm to a neighbour, but yet we know the systems and the structures that we live in cause so much harm to our neighbours near and far. And we participate in those systems and structures that cause so much harm. And so what does love in action look like when we live in a world that causes so much harm? It has to include speaking out and challenging um, and calling for something different and casting a vision of how things can be different and can be more just and fair um for everyone uh 
jack uh, that that's like so amazing and uh, hearing you how you just explaining everything it actually personally it like gives me hope to see that uh, there are there are people uh such as you and people working on this campaign that are trying so hard to make sure that you know they're upholding justice over uh, the people that really 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 actually deserve and um so glad that you could actually uh be able to push for this and with everybody that is uh on this uh campaign uh jack let's look at the relationship between i think when you're talking about uh, plastic pollution and uh, how it's uh, uh killing a lot of people out there let's look at the connection or the relationship between plastic pollution and climate change how how, how where are they meeting yeah it's a good question and there's there's lots of overlaps and um, there's some things where climate and plastics are working together to make situations worse so for example plastic pollution that's being dumped in waterways because people have no safe way of getting rid of it that's then blocking up those drain systems and rivers which means when you're hit by a storm or rains that are more powerful because of climate change the two of them intensify the results and the flooding is even worse because you've got heavier rains and flooding from climate change and then that water can't go anywhere because of all the plastic pollution. Um, and you see the same with diseases spreading as well, that climate change is um, causing diseases to spread further and faster and then plastic pollution becomes this breeding ground for disease. And so the two are exacerbating the problem. So you see places where the two intensify the problems. But then plastic pollution directly contributes to climate change as well. So with so much rubbish being um, burnt because there's no safe way to get rid of it, that's releasing carbon dioxide and greenhouse gases. And actually one of the things um, that is released when plastic is burnt is a thing called black carbon. And that's like a short-lived climate pollutant. So it doesn't last that long in the atmosphere, just a couple of weeks. But it's power is so much that it warms the planet more than 2,000 times more than the same amount of carbon dioxide would. And so when you're when you're burning plastic and all of this black carbon is released for a short period, it, it's trapping so much heat in the atmosphere. Um, so that's one way that it directly contributes. And the plastics industry as a whole um, is the fastest growing source of industrial greenhouse gas emissions in the world. So plastics is the fastest growing source of greenhouse gas emissions. Um, and so we can see that this is a growing problem as well. As people begin to think, oh, how can we reduce our, our um, greenhouse gas emissions? Plastics are still rapidly increasing. And that's meaning that their, their contribution to the problem is growing really fast as well. So there's lots of ways that this is linked from how plastics is made of oil and that extracting of the oil or... And the transporting and the production of plastics all the way through to how it's disposed of at the end is contributing to climate change as well. So these two things are really closely linked, um, but it, it gives us a real chance to tackle it as well. Um, that actually, if we can deal with this plastic pollution problem, we'll have a big impact on climate change too. Mm, that's, that's very true, Jack. And speaking about uh, having a very... Um, uh, good chance 
of actually tackling this or even having hopes of changing all this there's the plastic treaty that's happening next month in paris and i understand that uh, your team jack will be able to uh, have a representation there and not only that but you're also having young activists from uh, uh, different countries that you'll be able to have there to just uh, uh, speak against all all, all the, the 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 pollution that's happening out there because of plastic and also uh looking at uh, what are some of the things that should be lobbying at the plastic treaty so i would love to uh, uh hear you bring us in on first of all what are we what what is your team going to lobby for at the plastic treaty what is the plastic treaty that uh, uh we are talking about even to start with then also what are your hopes out of the plastic treaty that uh, you'll be attending next month yeah sure yeah and this is really encouraging so just over a year ago um at a un meeting countries agreed that they were going to work together on a global solution to plastic pollution that they wanted to to kind of create an agreement and a plan of how they'll deal with this. And that's the first time that has ever happened. Um, and it's really encouraging. We're seeing almost 200 countries gathering together to try and develop this agreement. Um, it's being talked about as the uh, biggest deal for the environment since the Paris Agreement um, on climate change uh, quite a few years ago now. And so it's really encouraging that this is happening. Um, and they're trying to do it well, quickly for a UN process. They want it completed by 2025. So we've got a couple of years to influence this. And they're gathering every few months to, to keep going with the negotiations and working out the details. So the first ones were in Uruguay at the end of last year. And then at the end of May, um, as we're speaking, the end of this month, they'll be meeting in Paris to continue those negotiations. And we'll be looking at the first kind of structure for what might be included in the treaty and making sure that it does um, have really good lines on reducing plastic production, on scaling up waste management, of supporting and recognising the role of waste pickers and of making sure it holds companies and governments accountable. And that's going to be a challenge because in the room you've got people from all of these countries with different agendas or positions and then you've got lots of organisations and campaigners there pushing for change. But then also in the room are big fossil fuel companies and petrochemical companies who make plastics. And of course, they'll then be wanting to make sure that this doesn't impact their bottom line too much. So there's all of these competing priorities in the room. But we're going to be trying to um, highlight the huge justice impact of plastic pollution um, and making sure that it does fully address the kind of the issues of open dumping and burning really encouragingly in the draft it talks about a ban on open dumping and burning but we want to make sure that that doesn't uh, become victim blaming we want to make sure the treaty um, creates the environment that means people don't have to open dump or burn their rubbish anymore uh, because there is good waste management structures because waste pickers are supported and recognized and because everyone has access to recycling systems. So we're going to be calling for that kind of change. And we're also going to be calling on uh, richer countries to make sure that they, they include social justice in what they're calling for in the treaty. We're seeing lots of encouraging things around the environment, but we want to make sure that they're all speaking up about justice as well. 
So they're some of the things that we'll be talking about when we're in May, uh, when we're in Paris in May. Um, and yeah, really excitingly, we've got a couple of campaigners joining us um, from Zambia and Malawi. And that's really important in this campaign. One of the big things about doing this as a global coalition is that um, I'm not speaking on behalf of anybody, but we're doing this together. Um, and so at the first negotiations, there were campaigners and lobbyists from Brazil coming and um, influencing governments. And then, yeah, this time campaigners from uh, Malawi and Zambia will be joining us. Um, and that's really important that we don't speak on behalf of others, but we we provide platforms for, for people to speak for themselves and to share first-hand experiences of what plastic pollution looks like around the world. Wow. You know, uh, someone told me, Jack, um, about... Uh, when you say I'm speaking for the voiceless, I was once told to say there's it's not supposed to be like that. If anything, you ought to uh, create platform so that uh, the same voiceless uh, that you would love to speak for, they actually get to speak for themselves because it's always uh, when you hear uh, voices straight from experience, it actually changes everything. So I'm actually really, really glad uh, you pointing out that, uh, you know, uh, you are trying to create platforms and spaces for um, the people that are in the front line to actually really uh, bring out their own experiences firsthand, which is very, very powerful. And uh, also you going to the plastic treaty with all these uh, um, uh, hopes that you're going to lobby for, uh, which are really amazing that will just uh, continue to, to, to champion justice for a lot of people out there. Uh, we can only wish you the best and we really hope that, uh, you know, your presence will be felt and everything that you go to uh, uh, point out or lobby for will really be highlighted as uh, the, 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 the negotiations keep on going. So thank you so much, Jack, uh, to you and the whole team uh, that are doing this really, really uh, important uh, work. And we are just so grateful that uh, you are standing on the ground that you are. So we'll be getting to a conclusion of our conversation, though. It's been lovely like to just hear everything that you're explaining. Like I just keep on wanting to hear more. Uh, but uh, before we just conclude with our uh, conversation, uh, Jack, today, I would like to hear you share with us your favorite moment um, when it comes to the uh, rubbish campaign since its launch. What's that moment that if somebody was to ask you directly go to it? Oh, what is my favourite moment? I think my favourite moment since we've been doing this campaigning around the Plastics Treaty has been seeing lots of different countries launching their campaign and everyone doing it in really unique ways. So I talked about that um, open dump in, on the border between Venezuela and Brazil where um, refugees and waste pickers worked together to make that big plastic kills sign that you could see from above. Um, in Bolivia, there was a whole group of young people who uh, marched through Cochabamba and uh, spoke at a press conference, loads of media covering the launch of their campaign as they planned their strategy. Um, in Australia, they've joined with a Christian surfers network um, to talk about plastics in the ocean and in low income countries. Um, New Zealand are about to launch. In the UK, we um, were protesting outside Parliament with a um, big 
kind of props and banners and MPs joined us. I think it's that sense of a united global church that has been my most, the thing that's excited me the most, as we've seen more and more people joining in and saying, this is something that we want to call for change on, that as Christians, we know that God loves his creation um, and that he wants us to seek justice and love our neighbours. And therefore, we need to take action on this issue. And seeing that all around the world um, has been really, really encouraging. And I'm excited to see like where this goes and what the campaign looks like as more countries join in. Um, so that's definitely been a highlight. Wow. Uh, thank you so much, Jack. Um... We have been listening to the voice of Jack, who is uh, a campaigner for Tier Fund, and just explaining to us about the rubbish campaign that is currently going on, uh, and also talking about the plastic uh, treaty that uh, is happening uh, sometime later this month in Paris, and uh, what... Uh, uh, Jack and the team are actually hoping to try and send the message they're trying to uh, uh, send at the treaty and uh, just a whole lot. Uh, and, and it's amazing that uh, there's a whole lot of the of, of the global aspect to um, everything that uh, Jack has been explaining. Uh, this is a campaign that uh, or this is a campaign that I think fits in in different parts of the world. It may be different in 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 according to country or community, but it definitely fits in all around. Jack, as we be wrapping up with our Renew Award podcast episode for today, uh, could you share with us your favorite scripture? And also, how would you like the global church to pray uh, for the uh, for the team that will be going to the plastic treaty, and also for the rubbish campaign? Sure, you'll have to remind me of that list again. So, my favorite scripture. Yes, uh, your favorite Bible scripture, and how you'd want the global church uh, to pray for the uh, team that will be going to the plastic treaty negotiations, and also how they can pray for the rubbish campaign. Sure. Great. Well, I think um, a favourite scripture is going to be one that's very familiar to those um, in the Renewal World circles, but it's in Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. For me, this is such a challenge that we live in a world full of broken patterns, like patterns of entitlement that say, I deserve cheap clothes, even if someone's forced into slavery to make it. Or I deserve food on the go, wrapped in plastic, even though I know that's going to contribute to climate change and lead to the suffering of others. Or, I, um, or patterns of just overconsumption that we might use more and more of the earth's resources without uh, respecting the one who made and loves it. Um, and in light of all of these broken patterns, Paul challenges us not to conform to these patterns, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That as we fix our eyes on Jesus and his kingdom, our whole perspective is renewed and shifted. And that leads us into a life where we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, where we worship him with all of our everyday decisions. And so for me, that's a constant challenge to think, what are the broken patterns of this world that I might be conforming to? And how can I shift my focus to Jesus and live a life of worship? So that would definitely be a favourite scripture of mine. 
I think how people can pray for us um, is to pray for really good encounters in queues for lunch or in corridors at the negotiations that we might bump into some really influential people who have open ears to hear what we have to say um, and pray not just for us but pray also for waste pickers um, who will be in the room at the table negotiating. Waste pickers are like the hidden heroes of the recycling system around the world collecting and sorting so much of the plastic that gets recycled and yet so often overlooked or underpaid and underappreciated. So pray that their voices might be heard and their, their role in all of this fully respected by all of those in the room. Um, and then pray for the rubbish campaign. Um, I'd say pray for uh, countries as we begin to work out our strategy of how do we influence all of our different governments and um, the different continental groups as well that are in the treaty how can we influence those pray that we would be smart and wise um, and that we might be guided by the holy spirit as we work out how how to influence this treaty to ensure it does bring real justice for people around the world wow thank you so much jack and um it's really been amazing to have this conversation with you and um definitely we could just pray that uh uh, as you go to the plastic treaty, we'll just, uh, um, you know, we'll pray according to what you've asked us. And also we just hope that uh, uh, you're going there would definitely make a huge, huge change because uh, you are doing uh, so much. And uh, we hope that uh, uh, the conversations that you're going to have will definitely make a huge change and impact in uh, different uh, uh, people's lives and communities. So thank you so much, Jack, for uh, joining us today on this episode. We really appreciate for your time. Thanks so much. I've really enjoyed being with you. Thank you so much. Okay, so here ends our today's episode of the Renew Award podcast. And I was having a conversation with Jack um, to, around uh, the, uh, the rubbish campaign and also around the plastic treaty negotiation. So do join us again on another uh, episode uh, of, of the Renew Award podcast. It's been Jessica Wally and uh, bye-bye for now until next episode. Thank you for listening to Renew Our World podcast. Be sure to visit our website at renewourworld.net. And if you love this episode, subscribe and learn more about Renew Our World campaign and some of what our members and friends are doing. Until next time, remember, you are God's child, made in His image, so smile.